Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. Hallelujah, we're back better than ever. Better than ever. It's been a little while. Well, we've been busy. Well, I we always say that when we have not done a podcast for a bit. If we oh, we've been busy, but it's true. It's so true. It seems like almost every other weekend, every weekend we've been having big events yeah. here at the church. And when we have big events on the weekend, our Thursdays, which is our recording day. Yes. Gets very busy. Well, Thursday is is our final day in the office before the weekend hits. So you've yeah. got to get everything done. Oh, yeah. You're not coming back on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Even today's a little busy with with Mother's Day coming up. This, yes. Uh, this yes. Sunday. Happy. And if you're listening, two things. If you're a mom, happy Mother's Day. Nice. If you're not a mom, you better be getting your mom something for Mother's Day. This is a reminder to you. Get your mom something for Mother's Day. I just realized I was going to ask you, what'd you get your mom for Mother's Day? But that might ruin it for you. She might <laughs> listen to the podcast. My mom does Sunday. actually. My mom actually listens to our podcast. Yeah. So don't tell and me what so you got your mom I, for I Mother's Day. I won't tell you. I won't tell don't you. you. Dare tell me. <laughs> I don't know if she'll listen to it before Sunday, but just in case she does, uh, I'm going to keep it keep it a secret. Well, Pastor Luke, we were trying to come up with what are we going to talk about today. Well, we had our main topic. We got our main topic. Yeah, it's picked out. And this has just been, I've been actually really excited about something that I'm not sure the last time that I was excited about this was. I've been pretty excited about Tigers baseball recently. Oh, snap. Because they've actually been winning. We have had a whole podcast about how (laughs) Tigers baseball is the worst. Is the worst. (laughs) And, and now it's not. And now it's not. It's not the worst anymore. It's not, they've, they've, yes! <laughs> they've been winning games. They've been winning series. They're almost back. They were way below 500. They were almost like halfway below 500. Like, like what is that? Like 250 or whatever I guess that is. They're almost back up to 500 in the last like three series. Yeah. They've been winning. I've been like, oh my goodness, this is like listening to a whole different or watching a whole different team. You know what else is making it exciting? What? Their division is so terrible. <laughs> that yes. Them being almost at 500 has them almost in first place. Almost in first place. That's what's actually making it more exciting. <laughs> I know. They could be in this awesome conference or the division, and yeah. they could be still in last place if they were like in this great division. But right. they're in a terrible division. They're in a terrible division. And so we're not even at 500, but we're almost in first. And I'm like, oh my goodness, let's go. And I told you last time we had this conversation, which was controversial. That nobody watches the Tigers and baseball is terrible. I I know I can't say that right now. I've been watching the Tigers yeah. and baseball is fun again. Yeah, because they're winning. They are winning. And then and you know what the big difference is? What? They hit the ball They now. hit the ball. They couldn't hit the ball last year. Yes, they've been actually hitting the ball and they've been winning points other than just hitting a solo home run. As it turns out, if you score... <laughs> More <laughs> runs than the other team, you win. You can win the game. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. It's crazy. It is who, crazy. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? I tell you what else is weird. What's weird? The Lions. The Lions. Okay. I, mean, I don't know if our audience, shall I say, podience, is yeah. into sports, but the Lions are legit. They are legit. 
They're for real. They're they're for real. For I real. got close to the mic when I said <laughs> for real. For real, for real. No they're cap. super real, man. Did oh, you yeah. see the NFL schedule is coming out today and they're leaking things? Yeah, you uh, well, you you showed me this earlier and I was blown away. What you told me? The entire NFL season is being kicked off with the game Detroit Lions at Kansas City Chiefs. That's crazy. That is super crazy. That that the the that, the, the, the NFL committee is like, yeah. you know what? We want to kick off the entire season. Yeah. With a game between Kansas City Chiefs, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl champions. champions, against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Thursday night, prime time. I I don't know if that's ever happened in my lifetime. Maybe it has, like way back when I was a baby. And Barry Sanders was running for us. I don't need. I don't think it's ever happened. I don't so even listen think to this. Then. So the Detroit Lions fans are are uh, we are accustomed to complaining about the Lions. Yep. So even when good things happen, <laughs> we have a hard time. We have a hard time accepting it. Yeah. We're, we're waiting for like the other shoe to drop, so to speak. Which yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means. I, I actually, mean, where that I, phrase come from? Yeah, I, don't I have know. no. I know what that phrase means. I have no idea where it came from. I mean, essentially, waiting for the other, sh- other shoe to drop means you just you you're you're a pessimist in life. But, yeah, you know. So, Lions fans are waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, yeah. But the national media believes in the Lions. <laughs> but the fans, uh, listen, it was announced today yeah. that they're opening up the season. This is this is unbelievable. This should be a big celebration. But you know, over half Lions fans. They're complaining. Oh no, this stinks. We gotta play the Chiefs, start the year off with a big fat L. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't even be happy. I guarantee you there's gonna be a bunch of Lions fans when we finally make the Super Bowl, they're gonna be complaining. This could possibly be the worst night of my life. <laughs> We're in the Super Bowl. It, <laughs> we are if the Lions, when the Lions get into the Super Bowl, and I'm I'm gonna be really positive and use the word when. When the Lions get into the Super Bowl, it might be one of the best days of my life, even if we lose. It will be. I'm going to choose. To, I'm going to. I'm just telling you right now. I choose to be excited. <laughs> I, they've never even come close since I've been alive. <laughs> so I, I'm going to freak I'm out. I'm going to be so excited. And we. I'm already planning a, a NFL opening game party at my house. <laughs> I invited one person already. Who'd you invite? You. Remember earlier today? Uh, yeah, earlier today. I knew it was me. I was just wanting to say it again so everybody knew I'm that I was coming pl- over. I'm already planning a opening kickoff NFL party at my house. Uh, Detroit Lions. And no, listen, this is good for us because I, I tend to be a pessimist when it comes to life. Yeah. I tend to be. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I definitely have a pessimist streak in me for yeah, sure. Yeah, I do too. And I and I'll wait for the other shoe to drop at times mm-hmm. in my own life. Yep. Let this be a a lesson for all of us. Let's not live like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't live like that. Easier said than done. It's true. But let's live excited. Let's live happy about our lives. Stuff's happening. If something positive happens, let's celebrate. Celebrate it. Don't, let's go. Don't look at it like that. No, this is this is true though. Being a sports fan is difficult. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one of these cities in America, one city in America in particular, Pastor Aaron, has dominated the sports scene at every level of sport for a lot of years now. Yeah. Boston. 
Boston. Yes, the Patriots were like twenty year run yeah. of like Super Bowl champions. Yep. Twenty years, right? And through those twenty years, their hockey team, the Boston Bruins, with Sidney Crosby, yep. were winning Stanley Cups. Yeah, the Boston uh, and well, then oh, I'm sorry, the Boston Bruins are like Stanley Cup champions for a few years. Yeah, not Sidney Crosby was not on. The yeah, Boston I was gonna Bruins. say Sidney Crosby was on uh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins, yeah, same colors. Yeah, so that's why I got confused for a second. <laughs> Uh, and then they had the uh, though the Boston Celtics, Boston, yeah, Celtics. They've been a really well, really a great basketball team for a long time, and are still yep. right now. Oh, then yeah. you add to that the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I mean we're talking like World Series, Stanley Cups, and uh, Super Bowls, uh, the a pennant race. What do they call the Major League Baseball championship? Uh, World Series. World Series. Thank you. Yeah. World Series champions. They got it all. Yeah. But did you know that there is a whole thing going around right now about Boston fans, how they're the most tortured fan base in all of America? Really? Yeah. How could it be? It's because their team reaches the pinnacle so often, but doesn't always win it. Yeah. They're devastated. Devast- like Wow. They're constantly living either the highest of highs or the lowest of lows. Wow. That's interesting. And they actually are considered one of the more just as a fan base goes. Yeah. Very tortured. <laughs> now, as a fan base that is never in any of the championship <laughs> games like Detroit, yeah. We would die for a 20-year-long run of World Series of and anything. Stanley Cups and like yeah. when the Red Wings were winning it all the time. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I was I was I was a little bit younger when that was happening. Obviously towards the I guess the last maybe 10 years or so of that run. But I was I thought the Red Wings were the greatest team in the world and I would listen to the Red Wings game. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but we a lot of that time we were kind of moving from house to house. We didn't have a TV. And so I would go in my dad's truck and turn on the radio. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh, just yeah. just to listen to the Red Wings games. Oh yeah. Because they were I was so excited about the Red Wings. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had a little <laughs> TV in my parents' office when I was a kid growing up. Yeah. Cuz they started winning Stanley Cups. I think it was 1997 when it yeah. started. So 1997 I was 13 years old. Yeah. And we had this TV. It was like ten by ten inches. Oh yeah, I know. I know this. My grandma had one of those. Uh huh. And it uh-huh. was dial up, kind of dial thing. It had all these dials on it, and it had uh, the bunny rabbit the bunny, ears yep, that were yep. just tin foil at the top of the ears to extend the reception. Hopefully, anyway, I had to dial this thing in, and I would find the Red Wings games on that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, like a lot of fun. Uh, but there is this whole idea about sports when your team makes the Super Bowl. Of course, one fan base is celebrating with the parade. Yeah. And the other fan base is devastated. Devastated because they don't know if they'll ever get back (laughs) to that point again. And they're now they're lost. They lost. Right. It's possible that, yes, there is a study out there about Boston being the most tortured fan base, but you think to yourself, what a bunch of spoiled brats. (laughs) Right. Right. But so let's not be the Boston fan base. That's. Yeah, I agree. Bunch of spoiled brats. Bunch of spoiled brats. Don't be a spoiled brat. There you go. Podcast. You go. Don't be a spoiled brat. <laughs> Line of the day. I want to actually talk about John 15 today. I love it. It's a great um, passage. Actually, one of my favorites. It's a good one. We're going to talk about the first uh, verses 1 through 17. Okay. I'm not going to focus on um, 18 through 27. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> 1 through 17. 
I'm pulling it up right now. The uh, the title of this chunk of verses is called Jesus, the True Vine. True Vine. Yes. I got a question for you, Pastor Aaron. Okay. What's up? We'll spend the rest of the podcast talking about this. How do you know the difference between being pruned to bear more fruit and being cut off completely from the vine? Hmm. That's a great question. How do you know the difference? I think... Um, I mean, just kind of base level, and obviously we're going to dive into this passage and try to unpack this a little bit more, but I think if you are doing two things, if you're working at abiding in Christ, like he says, I'm the true vine, you must abide in me to bear fruit. And if you are bearing fruit, but maybe it's not exactly how you think you could be bearing fruit, or you think you could be bearing more. You're explain like, that. Explain that more. Maybe Put, there's think, maybe there's stuff going on in your life. Uh, you're you're serving at church, and you're you're reading your Bible. You're raising your family right. You're uh, doing everything you can at school. You're working hard. Uh, your grades aren't quite what you want them to be. Uh, all of your friends aren't just saying yes all the time. Of course, I want to come to church with you and come to these big events. Um, but you're working at it, and and you've. You're working the things that God tells us to do. Yeah. But you're not quite seeing the fruit that you were hoping you were going to see. I think if that's the kind of life that you're living, God's probably going to do some pruning so that you can bear more fruit. Hmm. But if you're totally rejecting uh, the ideas and the, the things that God told us to do and, and, and gave us, uh, well, he, he really just gave us this. One command, that two commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're doing that and the things that Jesus taught, I think you're going to bear fruit. And if you're pruned, it's because God wants you to bear more fruit. But if you're not doing those things, if you're kind of rejecting the teachings of Jesus, that command, you're not loving God, you're not loving your neighbor, then you're going to get cut off to be thrown into the fire. So Jesus does specify there's two types of people mm-hmm. um, that's attached to the vine. Um, so essentially Jesus is saying every single person is attached to the vine. Some are bearing fruit, some aren't. Yep. But Jesus is saying, I am the vine. Everybody is attached to me. Some of my branches bear fruit, some of my branches don't bear fruit, but everybody's mine. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus is saying. Yeah, wow. Yeah, all of humanity's mine. Yeah, that's good. Okay. It is good. All right, I'm just talking it out. And then he specifies those that bear fruit are going to get pruned to bear more fruit. Yep. Those that bear no fruit are going to get cut off, and those branches that will get cut off, let's see, what does he say? You, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm trying to find it. He cuts off every branch. This is verse two. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branch branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Mm-hmm. And then down in verse six, he says, "If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire." Ooh. I don't want to be a branch like that. It's talking about hell. Yeah. It's talking about hell there. It's talking about people, because he's saying every single human is mine. Right. And I have the authority 
to cut them off or prune them because they're mine. Right. I can do with them whatever I want. So what is, because you had mentioned some subtle fruit there, kind of a, um, a fruit of, of, uh, like, like, so like some fruit, I feel like you can measure, you talked about measured fruit. Right. Ever, ever heard a, a preacher talk about how some things with God are measurable? Some things are immeasurable. Some things are immeasurable. Yes. So you mentioned a bunch of fruit that was measurable. Yeah. Let me explain that a little bit more. You talked about, um, well, I, I, you know, I've been trying to invite my friends to church. I'm, right. Maybe I've got, I invited 10 and one said yes. Yeah. That's, you can measure that. You can that measure that. One out of 10. Yeah. Or I've been trying to get good grades to honor the Lord. I got some B's and some A's and some C's. I've yeah. got, you can measure it. Right. right. But that there is there's immeasurable fruit yeah in our life oh yeah um, how do you measure love for so to speak yeah or, or patience <laughs> that was the one I was gonna bring how do you measure patience how do you measure patience how do you, how do you, how do you say oh I was sixty percent more patient today <laughs> like you can't I, I, I really know. like you figure that one out so there's like measurable fruit there's immeasurable fruit. Really, only you and God know if you're really being, if you can be honest with yourself with the immeasurable fruit. Only you and God know how well you're actually doing. Because Jesus calls out uh, good works, Mm -hmm. He calls out people who boast or rely on their good works. Yeah. He, He says a few things about good works, and I will touch base on one of those things right now. One of the things He says about good works is that. Your good works aren't even good <laughs> because you do it to gain an advantage. Yeah. So it's just selfishness. Let me explain how that works. Uh, you're nice to your boss even though you hate him so that you can get a promotion. Exactly. That's really not a good work. That's just a self uh, work. Yeah. It's just, it's just selfishness. Right. You're just trying to get ahead. You're not really trying to be nice to be nice. Right. Just it's, to be it, nice for nice sake. It's, it's You're a, trying it, to get promoted. It's, it's a good work born out of selfish ambition. Yeah. So all your good works are just filthy, Jesus says. Yeah. I've seen your good works. I see your heart behind your good works. They're, they're no good. They're no good. <laughs> <laughs> they're no good at all. Not very good. So it's hard to... It, um, so good works, like you're trying to produce all this fruit. You're trying to do all this stuff. We got to be careful. To tr- when we sometimes lie to ourselves or we try to lie to others, we try to lie to Jesus about our good works. We got to be careful about that. We got to be open and honest about the fruit in our lives mm-hmm. and how and, and how it works out. Let's talk about love as a fruit. Love. There's an old painting, Pastor Aaron. It's like a Norman Rockwell style painting. Okay. And I think the title of the painting is something like the uh, domino effect of anger. Okay. But it looks like a Norman Rockwell painting. It's like four squares. Yeah. The first square is a boss yelling at his employee. All right. He's just, you could sell that you'd see the boss is yelling at his employee. Yeah. Then the next square over is that employee went home and yelled at his wife. He's yelling at his wife. All right. Something in the, he's standing in the kitchen. He's yelling at his wife. Then the next square is the wife or the mother now yelling at the child. And then the next square is the final painting, and it's the child yelling at the family dog. Wow. 
and it's called like the domino effect of anger. It's like a, like I said, it looks like kind of like a Norman Rockwell painting. See that that's the fruit of anger. That that's the fruit of. You can see the effects of anger. It affects one person. That affects another. It affects another. Affects another. Yeah. But there's a there's a domino effect of love as well. Mm-hmm. And you can show love. Let's just paint it like this. You could show love and appreciation to your employees. Yep. Who will then go home and you hope and pray. They'll show love and appreciation to their wife, who will show love and appreciation to their children, who will then show love and appreciation to the pets. And like, you know, yeah. This is kind of what God wants. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. As, exactly. as a matter of fact, I was gonna I was gonna read these two verses right out of this passage, John 15, and start in verse 9. This was Jesus talking to his disciples. He's still in this vein of, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you bear fruit, you're, you're, you're going to get pruned to bear more. If you don't, you're going to get cut off, thrown into the eternal fire. Uh, this is the same vein. He's just continuing this. Verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, There's the domino right there. There's there's the domino, right? That's I was going to... Yeah, you're already ahead of me. You're, oh. see, you're seeing where I'm going. You're nice. seeing exactly where I'm going. All right. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Remember, he just said, if you remain in me as the vine, you're going to bear fruit. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Hmm. And then if you skip down a little bit, you're like, oh, man, what, what's that command that Jesus was talking about? Well, if you go to verse 12, so basically just skip verse 11, and it says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. No greater love has one than this than to lay down his life for one's friend. So Jesus was saying, listen, God the Father loves me as God the Son, and I have come into this world to love you. There's that domino number one. And he said, and now my command to you, the way that you abide in my love is you love one another with the same kind of love that I've loved you. And there's no greater love in the world than to lay down one's life for a friend. It has to start, too, with a father of love. Mm-hmm. Yep, come the, on. The, it, it starts with a father up above. When you feel his love, yeah. then you can give the love to the next person. Yeah. And that's the right kind of love. That's the pure Heavenly love. Yep. People will receive that love. They'll pass it down to the next person who passes it down to the next person. Um, it really makes me think of this story, true story of a guy who has this incredible encounter with Jesus. He was an atheist. He gets saved. He's having this incredible encounter with Jesus. He was an artist. And okay. he told Jesus, I'm going to paint, I'm going to build you this, the biggest sculpture yeah. ever, and it's going to attract people from around the world, and it'll be about you, Jesus, and that's how I'm going to spread your fame. Yeah. And Jesus told him, I don't want you to do that. Wow. Well, I'm an artist. I'm going to do it for you. Well, yeah. it's, you won't be doing it for me. I don't want it. Wow. It would really just, Jesus said, it, just, it would be only for you. I don't really want that. What do you want, Jesus? He said, I want you to love others. All right, I can do that. What else? She just said, that's it. That's it. That's all I want you to do. Yeah. Well, I want to do more than that. Well, there's that's my that's <laughs> how this whole thing's gonna work. Yeah. But how, Jesus? How is it gonna work? Yeah. How am I gonna, you know, evangelize the world like that? 
that's because that's my plan. It's going to work. Right. <laughs> and he said that now that he's been doing it for 30 plus years, it's proven to be the most difficult thing <laughs> he's ever tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Love people purely. Love people purely and unconditionally like Jesus did. Because let's be honest, Pastor Luke, some people are just, they, they don't present themselves in a very lovable manner. They're hard to love. There, there's, there's some people that are hard to love. Yeah. And not that you don't want to love them, but they sometimes they just make it a little bit difficult. Yeah. And they, they don't receive your love well. But those are the kinds of people, Jesus said, what, what good does it do if you love your, your neighbor but hate your enemy? Yeah. Everybody, even the even the pagans, love their family. Is it no? Yet you love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. That's way more difficult than building a giant sculpture. Oh, the same guy too. Like I said, he was a professor. He was an art teacher. So okay. I guess he was a professor. He had he had uh, classes, and about thirteen years prior to his salvation, he said that. There, he had a class, an art class. Yeah, and he says it was the strangest thing. Uh, a nun walked in. Wow, like full regalia. Yeah, nun, and he pulled her aside first day of class, and he he just says this is who he used to be. Yeah, and he said, I don't want none of your religion in this room. So keep it to yourself. Wow. He like he said he he said I threatened a nun. That's crazy. And that's true. Isn't that like like kind of evil? Yeah. And of course, the nun said, okay. And she took his class. 13 years later, he gets saved. And he's beginning to, what's the word? Regret his past life. Yeah. He hunts that lady down. And apologizes to her. Wow. That's he, amazing. He felt so bad. That's amazing. And she goes, you've got no idea. And he goes, what? The day you pulled me aside and threatened me on the first day of class, I, I brought your name back to the church. And for 13 years, we've been praying for you. Wow. And he goes, really? Dang. Do you have? And she goes, yeah, you told me. I couldn't evangelize, but you can't stop prayer. Dang. And they re- their whole relationship was completely reconciled. And then she said something interesting. She goes, I'm surprised it took 13 years. <laughs> and he goes, well, I was a hard nut to crack. And she's like, well, I'm... and he became a pastor and everything. But as the story goes, that's how the story goes. Yeah. So, so. We got to, some people are hard to love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this nun, that's impressive, man. That, that's some serious respect that I have for her. Could you imagine you're, you're just being her? You're like, hey, I want to take an art class. I just want to like, you know, enjoy life. I just want to yeah. uh, uh, live and be happy and, and love people and all these things. In the first day of class, you're threatened. You get threatened about your faith by some brat <laughs> artist, art teacher. Right. And you're thinking to yourself, whoa, okay, this guy hates Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hates Christians. Yeah, hates for it. sure. And, but we're going to pray for him. And so she, she decided I'm going to love him anyway. Her prayer, 
she gained nothing. She gets nothing in return for praying for this man for 13 years. Yeah, nothing. There's not. There's no. There's there's nothing in return. It's just love on her part. Yeah, and it and it was he really believe he believes now without a doubt that the reason Jesus hunted him down it it was because for 13 years this woman would not stop praying. Yeah. And finally, Jesus was like, "We got to get this woman to shut up." That's, and, and that, <laughs> we got to shut this lady. This lady has been praying for thirteen years. Could somebody please just answer their prayer? Like you know, what I'm saying like, yeah. there's a story in the Bible about that. You know, yeah. the judge will say, "Finally, just give this woman what she wants." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that's that's the domino effect that you were that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, right. The love that came from the Father. She responds with love. She was. She responds with, and she responds with a love. That is not a worldly kind of love. It's not a selfish ambition kind of love. It's not let me do this so that I can get a good A in your class kind of a love. It's a love that only comes from the Father up above. Yes. And she takes that love that she's received from Jesus. She responds to him with that kind of love. And 13, it takes 13 years before she sees the fruit. It must start with God. It or has else to. it's dysfunctional. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If, if it doesn't start with God, it doesn't work. Yep. New quote of the day. If it, yeah, if it doesn't start with God, <laughs> it doesn't work. I've seen many, even a Christian, have a wonderful idea or a wonderful thought, but you yep. can, it wasn't rooted from heaven above, and it amounted to a hill of beans. Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. It, it, reminds, amount, it amounted to nothing. It reminds me of a great book by John Brevere. This is Good versus God. Or what? Good versus God? Good versus God or God, good, not God. Uh, I can't remember the title. It's something like that. Good or God? Good or, it might be good or God. And he, the, uh, the whole idea of the book is you can do the good thing. And there's a good, there's lots of good things. There's millions of good causes. Yeah, there are. Is it, but you need to do the God thing. Yeah. There's, there's, and the God thing is love unconditionally. A love that only comes from the Father. Yeah. That's the command that Jesus just gave us in John 15. Mm-hmm. So you want to be pruned to bear more fruit? Strive for a life of love mm. to bear that fruit. Yeah. Try to bear that fruit out. If you want to be cut off to be thrown in the fire because you're not bearing any fruit, just begin to <laughs> deny God. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Yeah. But if you're bearing fruit, he'll prune you. And you know who you are out there and the kind of fruit you have in your life. And the honest truth to all that is, Pastor Aaron, I think we all could do better. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's, there's a reason why pruning is cutting stuff off. It's because we all got stuff in our life that we need to get pruned out. Yeah so that we can bear more fruit and be more loving, like Jesus. There's always a bad little piece of fruit in the bunch. You got to prune it. You ever, ever, we'll end with this. You ever go to the orchard and pick some raspberries or blueberries or strawberries? Yeah. They're not all good pieces of fruit. There's always one, at least one in there. Yeah. It's got something going on with it. And that's what we're like, too. Jesus yep. sees, sees the bad amongst the good. And he'll cut off the bad so that it can produce something good. Come on. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm so glad that Jesus prunes us. Praise the Lord. It's all about the fruit. It's all about the fruit. It's been Come good on. to be with you today, audience. It's been great to be with you guys. Good to be back. Oh, man. Let's get fruity. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's should we name the podcast that? Let's get fruity. I don't know if we should name it that. What should we name it? I have no idea. We'll figure that out. All right. Maybe the domino effect. That's a good one. All right. Let's get fruity. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. It's just it's because it's the end of the work week and we're wasted, tired, and just hungover from church stuff. It's called the spiritual hangover. <laughs> spiritual hangover. Everything's yeah. funny. Everything's funny. Everything's funny. All right, a bunch of Fruit Loops. See you later. Right. See you later, everybody. Bye. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well. Can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.